Marcus Sahaba Online Radio. Empowering the Ummah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Esteemed listeners of Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahlu Sunnah wal Jama'ah. We welcome you to this segment and it is with Mufti Muhammad Akusab Damat Barakatu. Let's welcome Mufti Sab. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum assalamu wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Mufti Sab, jazakum Allah khairan to you for joining us. Um, Mufti Sab, last week we I think we had a few discussions and we still have to finish up on that. So regarding Palestine, we can continue with that inshallah. Okay, now jazakum Allah khairan manana sab. Barakallahu feekum. So, subhanAllah, last week we were discussing incidents that took place in Rabi'ul Awwal, uh, Rabi'ul Thani, Rabi'ul Thani. And happenings of Rabi'ul Thani, subhanAllah, is among the events that the famous expedition called Hittin, where Salahuddin Ayyubi, rahimahullah, whose name was Yusuf, he tried hard to unite the Muslim world to rescue Palestine. Masjid Aqsa in Palestine because of the atrocities caused by the Crusaders 80 years prior to that. When the Crusaders came in prior to this in the late 490, then they decimated and desecrated this holy lands. It was turned into a bloodbath. The lands were totally, you know, uh, destroyed. Holy sites were totally ruined. And subhanAllah, they didn't learn from Muslims. Muslims are the people who taught the world. Look at Hazrat Umar when he entered, how he cleaned the site that the Christians disrespected because it had something to do with the Jewish community. But that was the land of where Rasulullah prayed. So Hazrat Umar went there. Despite it being an area hold in, held in esteem by the Jewish community, he started sweeping and cleaning. The Christian to, Christians told Hazrat Omar, pray here by our church. He said, no, no, I'll pray there. And the other reason he said to the, to the priest that I won't pray in the church because I don't want Muslims to take it. Because this is the justice of Islam. So Hazrat Omar cleaned that entire area that the, Jew, that the Christians were using as a dump where women would also throw the 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 menstrual, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, indecent, uh, you know, you know, uh, uh, so far there. But it wasn't only the Christians that did this. Prior to that, centuries prior, the Jews did the same thing against the Christians. They showed disrespect to the sepulchre, to the the church of the sepulchre. So that's how they decimated and disrespected each other. But subhanAllah, when Muslims ruled, Muslims learned from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam not to harm women, not to harm children. And if you're fighting in a battle, it's only against the battalions. Don't don't harm anybody. Even an old man worshipping God, worshipping Allah in a monastery, do not interfere with him. Let him carry on in his monastery. And when Muslims took over lands, they gave justice to the people. I don't know if you can, can you hear me? Am, am I coming out clearly? Gee, I can hear you perfectly. I, I, because I'm hearing a, 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 like an echo, but is, is it still clear on the radio? Yes, yes, she's perfect. Okay, yeah. okay, alhamdulillah. While mentioning this justice in Islam, I also want to mention, in Hazrat Umar bin Abdul Aziz's time, he was the Khalifa from 99 Hijri 
to 101 Hijri. Now, just to understand this, in accordance to the Gregorian calendar, add approximately 600 years, then you'll get the dates. So when Hazrat Umar bin Abdul Aziz was the Khalifa and his Khilafah was from Damascus, uh, a delegation of non-Muslim locals came in from an area called Samarkand. They came with the permission of their governor, Suleiman bin Abis Sarri, saying that when Muslims came into this area here, normally you'll invite the people to Islam or you then uh, offer them to pay a tax and live under Muslim protection. You know, We weren't given that opportunity under the former commander of the Muslims. So can we speak to your Khalifa about it? So this delegation of local people of Samarkand went to Damascus. And when they met Hazrat Omar bin Abdul Aziz, the ruler of the Muslim world at the time, they presented this case before him. And hearing them out, he sent them with a note to the governor, telling the governor, gather the main justice uh, qadi, the judge of the lands, and hear out the case of this community, the local community there, and ask the Muslims who conquered there. Listen to the entire case, listen to the proofs, and if this community wins the case, then the Muslims must leave that area. This delegation returns with this letter, and when the governor receives this, he gathers uh, the Qadi named Jumay bin Hadir Naji, who hears the case, and rightfully so. There wasn't an announcement, there wasn't an invitation, there wasn't an offer to the community to live under Muslim protection, and there was just a battle without all of that. So the, the local community won the case, and the Muslims were told to depart sell whatever they needed to, and they have to leave. And when this injunction was given, Muslims started leaving. Then the local non-Muslim community got together saying that we've never experienced neighbors like these Muslims. Now we jumped you know, ahead of time by thinking maybe we won't win that case, but we didn't expect to win the case, and now the Muslims are leaving. Imagine if Romans and Persians and other people come and rule over us, we'll have to live under the same atrocities and injustices as the past. Then the same non-Muslim community went to the governor saying, we beg you, even though we can't believe it that we won the case, please, we don't want Muslims to leave. We've never experienced neighbors and we've never experienced rulers like you Muslims. So much of protection, so much of... And look at, subhanAllah, the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, wherein he so amazingly said, before judgment day, yukhwanul amin, the honest person will not be trusted, but the liar and the fabricator and the betrayer would be trusted. Look at it, even some people who were left from Gaza, elderly people, who spoke so highly of the treatment given to them, because they said, we are Muslims, we can't ill-treat you. Allahu Akbar. It's the same information, certain, certain news reports will totally distort it and totally mistranslate it. SubhanAllah. And this is exactly what Rasulullah said, how the true trustworthy one would be betrayed and distrusted. Back to this incident of Salahuddin, rahimahullah, who in this, uh, in this year, alhamdulillah, it was the Rabi'u Thani, they conquered in the expedition called Hittin, and that was 
an expedition where the Muslims won, and thereafter they marched further towards uh, Palestine. And Alhamdulillah, by the time the month Rajab came, there was a siege around Palestine. So many incidents happened around that, where the Muslims are facing people who's, who many of them and some of their fathers and grandfathers butchered and tortured Muslims less than a century ago. And subhanAllah, Muslims asked, asked them nicely to give in, but they refused. A battle ensued. And even after that, the Muslims won in that expedition. And when Muslims conquered in that expedition, how amazing was their treatment of the Christians. The Christians couldn't believe it. And they were let to go. They were told to pay an amount and you can go, 10 dinar each. Those who couldn't pay, Salahuddin Rahimullah himself from his own pay, from his own savings. And then his brother Ashraf did the same. And other Muslims did the same, liberating people. Then they see the patriarch and the archbishop uh, of, the, of, the, of, of, the, of Christianity coming out from Palestine with you know, boxes, a huge cart or box of, of gold. So some Muslims said to Salahuddin, that shouldn't this be confiscated? He took the church money. Shouldn't this be used to help the local Christians who got nobody to help them? So Salahuddin Rahimahullah says, let's not interfere with that. That is up to them. That is for them to see the injustice of their own people. He has to pay the 10 dinar that everybody else has to pay. And subhanAllah, their own people refused to help them. Stanley Lee Paul writes under this discussion. He says, وَقَدْ وَصَلَ الْأَمْرُ إِلَىٰ أَنَّ سُلْطَانًا مُسْلِمًا يُلْقِي عَلَىٰ رَاهِبٍ مَسِيحِيٍ دَرْسًا فِي مَعْنَ الْبِرِّ وَالْإِحْسَانِ The level reached such a scale where a Muslim sultan had to show a patriarch and a rabbi a lesson of kindness, integrity, and humanity. But here he got large sums of money. That is the church's money. But he goes out with it, not prepared to help the poor, needy Christians. And then sadly, what happened thereafter? Christians also had nowhere to go. So Muslims allowed them to stay peacefully under them. But if they wanted to leave, they were not held back. When they went to Christendom, they say they were ill-treated and they were looked down upon and they had nowhere to go. It was only the lands of Islam that would show them kindness, integrity, love, and treat them like human beings. That's why there's an amazing poet that says, Malakna fakana al-adlu minna sajiyatan falamma malaktum sala biddami abtahu wa halaltumu qatna al-usara wa talama ghadona ala al-asra namunu wa nasbahu فحسبكم هذا التفاوت بيننا وكل إناء بالذي فيه ينضح that when we ruled justice was our trademark look at justice look at the great man Sultan Uthman rahimahullah when Uthman lived neighboring Roman territories and so many locals were ill-treated by their kings Uthman used to help them and many of the Christians wanted to live under Uthman rahimahullah the founder of the Ottoman uh, empire and then became the Khilafah. There's an amazing incident that happened where he was an alim, he was a qadi, and a matter was brought before him between a Muslim and a Christian. 
when hearing the case, he passed his decision in the favor of the Christian. After the case, the Christian came back and said, Oh, Sultan, you know, I have to ask you this question. This beats me. It intrigues me that I'm not of your faith and you've been so fair and just with us. So his response was, amarana. Our Rabb who we worship, who created the entire universe, has ordered in his kalam, وَإِذَا حَكَمْتُمْ بَيْنَ النَّاسِ أَن تَحْكُمُوا بِالْعَدْلِ وَإِذَا حَكَمْتُمْ بَيْنَ النَّاسِ أَن تَحْكُمُوا بِالْعَدْلِ When you judge between humanity, be just and fair in your judgment. To such an extent that the Quran Sharif says, وَلَا يَجْرِمَنَّكُمْ شَنَآنُ قَوْمٍ عَلَىٰ أَلَّا تَعْدِلُوا اعدلوا هُوَ أَقْرَبُ لِلتَّقْوَىٰ Even when people have harmed you and you have some human, uh, you know, resentment and pain in your heart towards them because of what they did or their fathers did or their grandfathers did, that should not entice you to be unjust. Still be just. This is, subhanAllah, in the Qur'an Sharif. Look at the Mubarak life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. How he treated the children of those who tried to kill him. People who tried to harm him, destroy Islam. Those who tried to destroy Nabi sallallahu efforts. They tried so many times to assassinate our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Those same people's children, subhanAllah, Rasulullah sallallahu treated them with such akhlaq and welcomed them that even when Ikrimah came, when Ikrimah radiallahu anhu came to embrace Islam, his wife, Ummu Hakim radiallahu anha, traveled to Jeddah because her husband ran, ran away. So uh, the wife asked Nabi sallallahu alayhi would you give my husband amnesty because of, uh, you know, he ran away, he feels you can never forgive a man who did what he did. Nabi Wasallam said, we give him amnesty and protection. She finally travels and she arrives at the port and he had just embarked on the ship. And as he was departing on the ship, the waters became wild. And the waters were wild and severe and the captain of the ship is telling everyone to turn to Allah, akhlisu, la ilaha illallah, la ilaha illallah. So Ikrimah is telling people, what is this la ilaha illallah, akhlisu? So they're saying, turn to Allah. So Ikrimah is telling the man next to him, I am running away from this and here the captain is telling us, la ilaha illallah. Subhanallah, look at Allah's deen. Allah's deen will be made available and will be shown to a person wherever he is. He's shocked. He runs away from this at land. And now Allah Ta'ala is bringing it to him while he's at sea. He says to the captain, you know, he starts speaking to him. And just then he sees his wife arrive because they have to halt because of the waters. And he asks the captain to send him back. And when he goes to see his wife who arrived at the port, Allah made it happen. No coincidence. Allah Ta'ala made it happen. Just at the nick of time, she says to him, I've come to you from the best of people, the most just of people the most generous and kind and fair of Allah's creation. And he gives you amnesty. Ikrimah couldn't believe it. And now he returns with his wife. A lot of incidents happened also on the uh, amazing historical. And even when, she, when he tried to be with her in, in, in intimacy, she says, no, I can't. I am a Muslim. But anyway, when they returned and they got to Rasulullah prior to Ikrimah's arrival, Rasulullah said to the Sahaba, a man is coming, striving for Allah striving for Allah. He's going to come and embrace Islam. Don't speak to his fa- about his father in a derogatory manner. 
because speaking about the dead, even though they did so much of wrong, will hurt the feelings of the living and won't even reach the dead. So from here, subhanAllah, when Ikrima arrived, look at Rasulullah's consideration. He doesn't want Sahaba to speak bad about Ikrima's father. And who's his father? Abu Jahl. This is Rasulullah's akhlaq. Finally, when Ikrima arrives, Rasulullah gets up, welcomes him, welcomes him, and, and, and shows him so much of love. And he asked, this one, meaning my wife, says, you gave me amnesty. Nabi Wasallam said, she is right. So this is that akhlaq. And this is what Salahuddin rahimahullah showed. When we ruled, just was, justice was our hallmark. And when you ruled, there was bloodbath. And then you allowed, legalized, killing captives. And we always favored and showed kindness and fairness and humanity in treating captives. Sufficient to say this is the difference between us because every container will only give off and will only pour out what is contained in it. So Alhamdulillah, Salahuddin liberated Palestine. Then thereafter, the whole world basically upset the world of Christendom. So quite a few rulers one is the Emperor of Germany, Frederick Barbaros, the King of France, Philip Augustus, and the King of England, Richard, they call him the Lionheart. They now undertook uh, you know, a battle where they came, and that's a discussion for another day because our time is elapsing, elapsing and how Allah Ta'ala helped Salahuddin in that expedition miraculously because these are huge armies coming. They were about to take back, they were about to conquer Palestine again. And Salahuddin cried to Allah because his men were tired now. A lot of his own men had forsaken him because now they just liberated Palestine. And now the, the Christians are back. Salahuddin cried to Allah on the day of Jumu'ah. His report, the report mentions how during the khutbah also he cried. Between the two jalsas of the imam he cried. Let us also cry to Allah Ta'ala today and every day in the khutbah, during the khutbah, after the Jumu'ah. Let us make sure we make our fajr every day. Let us make sure we connect to Allah every day. Subhanallah, historians write that logically it doesn't make sense how Richard's army returned. It was such a huge army. They just had one leg of the journey and they were reaching Masjid Aqsa, Baytul Muqaddas, Palestine, Baytul Muqaddas. And Alhamdulillah, they just retreated. And history up till now grapples to understand why Richard retreated. It was the du'as and the crying and the fervent plea, fervent plea of Salahuddin to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then also we have to remember Sultan Al-Khalifa Abdul Hamid, uh, Sultan Abdul Hamid Khan, Rahimahullah, the, subhanAllah, that one of the great Ottoman Khalifas. He ruled from 1870, 1876 to 1909. How Theodore Herzl came to him and tried on behalf of the Jewish community to purchase Baytul Muqaddas, Palestine, from the Khalifa. And he totally refused. He says, it's not my land. It's the land of the Ummah. There's Muslims there. There's people there. There's citizens there. A lot of non-Muslims, Christians and Jews. How can... Jews were given lands elsewhere, like Salunik. Salunik was one of the lands of the Ottomans in Istanbul, given to the Jewish community when no one in the world wanted to welcome them. No one wanted them. Because because of what they did and because of their history and so forth and some sometimes their attitude and so forth. So no one wanted them. And when they were kicked out of Spain, 
nobody could welcome them. Like the Muslims were also kicked out of Spain, the Jews were also kicked out, but there was no one to welcome the Jews. It was the Ottomans who gave them an entire area, Thalunique. And Allahu Akbar, now they wanted Palestine. And they had their intentions of what they wanted to establish in Palestine. Even the British mandate offered them other areas, but they totally refused. They wanted Palestine. And Sultan Abdul Hamid totally refused. And then they offered him a large bribe, a large sum of money, 50 million gold coins and 5 million under the table for himself. And he totally refused that bribe. He says, never, it doesn't belong to me to give. I am just responsible and a trustee over the lands of Islam. The Muslims gave their lives for those lands. And subhanAllah, study the history of how when Muslims were there, how the world was treated with kindness, integrity. And this is what you and I have to do as Muslims, as Ummah of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Speak about the history. Tell people about Salah al-Din. Tell people about Nur al-Din. Tell people about Sultan Abdul Hamid. And before that, tell people about the Sahaba. One great Sahabi we should remember. Subhanallah, Hazrat Tamim bin Aus al-Dari, who came from Palestine, and how he met Dajjal, and how then he went to meet Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa What a great sahabi of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa gave him one property in Palestine. Anyway, Allah ta'ala accept. Jazakum khairan for the opportunity. Hazrat Mawla Zahid sahab, just a few minutes I have, I want to share something about someone very special. That last week, we were just, uh, I was with you on the discussion, mm. and uh, Allah reward you for that. And I just put down the call, and a few minutes later, I get a message, and we lost our beloved. I, I, also saw that, I saw the same message, and I was just shocked. Gee, gee. Gee, gee. So just in a minute or two, I want to just share one or two of his amazing qualities. Hazrat Malana, he was such an amazing man, Allahu Akbar. He was with our Malana Ismail Aku Saab in the same class as students of Hazrat Malana Qasim Sima Rahmatullahi. And interestingly, they're also students of Mufti A.K. Saab, Hafizahullah. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was the early stages of Darul Uloom, and I heard so many, as we know, we, Hazrat Mawlana Aymullah Saab was our vice principal, and his qualities and his, his amazing resilience and his determination for serving Deen and his love for Darul Uloom, we can never ever forget. Whenever passing, we pass his office, you know, you know, in his time, he would come in and he would always have a smile and always, always busy with the works of the idara, making sure everybody is doing their duties, making sure the madrasa is clean, making sure the food, you know, is, 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 is up to standard for the students. At times, he would go and taste it. Sometimes he went with his apa. The other day, one of the satis, Haji Ismail Paraksab, uh, told me that in the early, uh, you know, uh, stages of uh, uh, the Madadani Masjid was just built. It was a big masjid, alhamdulillah, and uh, the Satis went for gashte. Allah Ta'ala blessed the Satis. You know, sometimes the masjid is built, but Allah Ta'ala uses them to bring life to the masjid. But now Satis will come there for gash. That's once a week. This was about 87, 88. And now, how will deen be established there? So many people want deen. So they spoke to Mawlana Naimullah Sahib, who was a student in Darul Uloom, and he went with the Satis there. And also, Mawlana Naimullah Sahib, as a young man, his tashkil was made to go out in Jamaat by Buddha Abdul Karim, Rahmatullah, Sheikh Abdul Karim of Cape Town. And he went for four months and he changed his life. That brought deen in his life, subhanAllah. And from there, subhanAllah, he was, he was, a, he was a, a professional in his field of electricals. But he sacrificed all of that 
and he dedicated his life and he came with his family to study Allah Ta'ala's deen. And subhanallah, his life was dedicated to Darul Uloom. He loved Darul Uloom. Even a month before he left this world, Rahimahullah, I went to visit him and we had tears in our eyes to see him, you know, because we always remember him strong, firm, tall, and humble. But subhanallah, strong. Allah's father, you know, we never heard that he went to see the doctor or he needed to see the doctor. Throughout the time we knew him, he was so, mashallah. And he was weak at the time when we saw him a month ago. And with tears in his eyes, he said this one thing. He said, I miss Darul Ulu. I miss Darul Ulu. Anyway, he went with the Satis to this masjid. And Malana took the responsibility. He made, took some chipboard and he put some classrooms at the back. And himself and Malana Tawud Saab, every day afternoon, they would make sure they day by three to teach the local community Allah's deen and teach the maktab day. So Malana is you know, amazing. He's ded- he dedicated his life. As a student, you're so busy studying the whole day. But you go there, you teach the children, you come back and you have to study them at night for the next day. But just for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's deen. Oh, alhamdulillah, in Darul he was always there to serve. Always there to serve. And no matter what the challenge, Malana was cool, calm, and alhamdulillah, with a smile, he handled that situation. Alhamdulillah. So ready to carry responsibilities. So ready to, to you know, to, to, to help everyone. So many, so many responsibilities. So many a time we come for the program, but everything was arranged already by Malana Sahib. And something amazing about him, he never wanted his name to be mentioned. Mm. But all, or a lot of the work behind the scenes was carried out by him and mm. showed it by him. But never, want, never did he want his name to be mentioned. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mm. grant him Jannatul Firdaus. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy for our brothers and sisters in Gaza and mothers and fathers and children and sons and daughters there. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy for the family of Hazrat Mawlana Naimullah Sahib. Barakallahu Amin. Amin. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us these beautiful qualities. Mufti Sahib, Jazakumullah khairan for your time. We request your du'as too. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa Marcus Sahaba Online Radio. Empowering the Ummah.